start off with certain specific little comments on a side. One, the role of a white organizer in a black community, he has no role. Uh, we were in probably the only exceptions, I would say, in the country. We were in black or communities. I'm speaking of the south side of Chicago, Rochester, New York, Buffalo, New York, and so on. But when we went in, we went in on the mass invitation of the total community, the kind of a situation which no organizer, white or black, had before them. When we went into Rochester, we went in as a result of an invitation from every church in the community, every teenage gang, every civil rights group, every, every group, including more than 13,000 individual signatures on petitions out of a total population in that particular ghetto of 30,000. If you take the kids off the total figure of population, you would, you would uh, be pretty close to saying that every black living there had signed a petition requesting that we come in to help an organization. Now, on that basis, it doesn't matter whether the organizers going in are white, black, polka-dotted, or purple. And on that basis, Get out the way, woman. 
The devil must have been a woman That's something I'm sure of Cause the devil like my angel Can't be from up above She's a heavenly honey in a bright red dress Knows what to do to make me say yes She's got everything to make me say I do She's a Satan in satin and I'll do anything she wants me to The serpent in the Garden of Eden Must have been a female too Cause she could make wrong seem right The way women do When my baby holds me tight Tells me Johnny black is white And I believe it, yeah She's a Satan in satin And I'll do anything she wants me to But when she waves that apple in my face You know I just gotta take a bite She's a heavenly honey in a bright red dress Knows what to do to make me say yes She's got everything to make me say I do She's a Satan in satin and I'll do anything she wants me to
Hey, fellas. Yeah. I want to know. What? Tell me.
As one who has devoted everything in organization, a mass organization of the poor, and don't say community organization to me when the question was asked about new procedures in community organization, because community organization has always been sort of a farcical, homogenized, sterile, impotent little operation of delinquency programs and settlement houses and uh, supervised recreation and uh, this mystical thing called character building, whatever the hell it is. I've never been able to find out what it is. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, and when uh, in our organization, uh, when people have come up and, and have said CO, to us CO only means conscientious objective. And when they say community organ, all it does is evoke a huge Freudian fantasy to us. That, uh, uh, we know that for years, uh, before all of the uh, public attention came upon us, that uh, uh, whenever we used to use the term community organization as protective coloration, when we would go into a situation and the establishment the power structure, or whatever you want to call it, because we're always pressed for time in our organization, we simply refer to it as the enemy. But when they would start sending down queries as to what we were up to, we would always respond by saying community organization, and everybody would give a, a sigh of relief, you know, and they figure, well, that's that crap, you know. And they were right. But, there are, but in terms of mass organization, there's, there are certain shifts Yes, and thinking that I'll talk to you about in a moment on your, your question. Good news for me, people. My baby's coming home. But I found out I was wrong. I'm 
heart
love of charms So can't you hear me calling Don't you know I gotta have you to be rude. There is no such thing as polite, refined, cultured action. And so you run into that kind of a hang-up with middle-class people, which requires certain special skills of communication and operation and breaking through them. Let me give you a couple of examples on just what I mean by that. Uh, about uh, three or four months ago, I was on a non-stop out of San Fran and the Kennedy and ran into this heavy uh, air traffic tie-up that I'm sure you've read about of taking place out there. 
consequence being, instead of touching down at 6.20, we didn't get down until about 9.50. Now, the significance of that was simply that this was a luncheon flight. Because we were doing at 6.20, and we'd have lunch about 1 o'clock or 2 on the plane. Every flight coming in from Los Angeles, from Seattle, and other western uh, towns were in the same, uh, the same scene. So what you had was a mass of people barreling down from the airport into town that hadn't eaten since 2 o'clock that afternoon, and it was about 11 o'clock at night at this point. The hotels were aware of this, and they kept their dining rooms open. Uh, otherwise, you'd have to, you know, go moseying down 6th Avenue looking for some all-night open joint. Now, the hotels had <coughs> had uh, sold out all their major entrees, and they were doing mis- mo- mostly short orders. And I found myself sitting at a uh, table eating a grilled cheese sandwich, a cup of coffee, and three middle-class couples of various different age groupings alongside of me, and they had all ordered griddle cakes, some with ham, some with bacon, sausage, and so forth. The waitress had brought their order, but she hadn't brought any butter or syrup. And every time she passed by, they would say, uh, waitress, and her answer was, I'll be with you in a minute, you know, and she never came back. And they were just in a state of acute depression, you know, griddle cakes were getting colder and colder and beginning to curl up at the edges. And, uh, and they'd gone through a long day of flying, the same thing I'd gone through. And finally, I turned to them and said, you want me to get your griddle cakes for you? And one of them looked sort of surprised, said, why, do you own the hotel? I said, no, I don't own the hotel, but I'll get them for you. Do you want them? I mean, get your butter and syrup? Well, we certainly would appreciate whatever you can do. <laughs> so in a loud voice, it could be heard about halfway across the dining room, I just yelled out to the waitress, I, you know, hey, you, get off your ass and come on over here with that butter and syrup right now, you know? <laughs> well, she came, over like a, she came over like a shot with the butter and syrup. But the interesting thing was, and that was the middle class hangout. Those p- couples were so mortified and so embarrassed they spent all their time apologizing to the waitress that if they had known I was going to do anything like that, you know, they had no association with me, and they kept giving me accusing looks all the time that they were eating their butter and syrup. You get this mental mix-up in middle class, the kind that, uh, well, just a couple of weeks ago in Washington, I found myself... Uh,
that girl sure is messy. Yes, Bessie was a gal. I used to go around. Yes, I had to put her down because she was nothing but a clown. Messy Bessie. She would clown all the time. Yes, I really love her, but that gal was driving me out my mind. Yes, early in the morning when I'd be feeling tired. Of all things, that's when she want to go out for a ride. Messy Bessie always ran to go. Yes, I really love her, but I ain't going to have that kind of stuff no more. <laughs> Sure would try to make a fool of you, Messy Bessie. Played me for a fool. Yes, after she would hate me, she would sit back and play it cool. Spend the rest of my day 
Just a kiss and a song Spend the rest of my days Without any case Everyone understands me In the valley of tears That's quite enough of the Budapest String Quartet. Oh, the servants are out. Let's have some champagne and rock and roll. Walking. Yes, indeed, I'm talking. About you and me, I'm hoping. 
that you'll return to me. I say, unhappy, as I can be, I'm waiting for your company, insisting that you'll come back to me. What'll you do when the Schweppes runs dry? You're gonna trot away and hide, but I shall bolt right by your side, for you let me pie, I'll even die. Strolling, yes indeed, I'm chatting about you and me, I'm wishing that you'll return to me. I don't care if we are royally, darling. Hang on to your bustle. Have a little more wine, my dear. Oh, if the Prime Minister could see us now. This is better than your four o'clock tea. Smasher. Absolutely wizard. Top hole. Kiss me, darling. Fish and chips for everybody. Walking, yes indeed I'm talking About you and me I'm hoping That you'll return to me I say, unhappy as I can be I'm waiting for your company insisting That you'll come back to me Now, what'll you do when the Schweppes runs dry? You're gonna trot away and hide But I shall bolt right by your side For you let me by, I'd even die I'm strolling, yes indeed I'm chatting about you and me, I'm wishing that you'll return to me. I think I've got it. I think, where's everybody going? Fading up? What do you mean they're fading up? Did I not finish? I say, don't you dare touch that dial in there. I've got some more walking and talking to do. Have we no rights at all? Keep in mind this, that this nation is the first country, first society, as far as I know, in the history of Western civilization, which has emerged heavily, predominantly, preponderantly middle class. I am not accepting the figures uh, that were out about five or six days ago out of HEW, which had poverty down to about 14%, but there isn't much question from anyone that at least, at least, 80% of the American population is today middle class. Now what this means, it should be obvious, but I'll labor it for a moment. It means that if you get all the black ghettos of America organized in black power, if you get all the Mexican-Americans in, in America organized, if you get all the Puerto Rican communities organized, if you get all the Appalachian whites organized, and then through some genius of organization, you were able to affect an overall coalition, it still would be a minority group, it still would be lacking in power for substantial significant changes. And as a small group of that size, it would have to do what all small nations, all small organizations, all small everything has had to do in the past, seek allies. And the only place where there can be allies in our society is in the surrounding middle class scene. Now keep in mind when I'm saying middle class, I'm using it strictly on an economic basis because the kind of thinking, the kind of reaction, etc., that goes on in different sectors of the middle class, from the lower middle class to the group above it, 
is quite different. But it is here that attention must be focused. Now,
I may I suggest, too, that if you are going ahead and operating with people outside of a, an organizing, outside of cer a certain values, uh, which are general values, that are always up on top of, say, uh, your hierarchy of values. What are these values? They're, they're the basic values that you find in uh, not only in Judaic Christianity, the moral values, but in most religions. They've been, they're the values that have been expressed in practically every revolutionary slogan of, in history, whether they be liberty, fraternity, equality, the French, or bread and peace of the Russians, or no taxation without representation of the Americans, or whatever they may be. They're the values we find in our own Bill of Rights. These values are up on top. The democratic way of life is nothing more than a process, a device, a modus operandi that is designed as the best way, we believe, of achieving those values, of growing into them, so to speak. Now, those values that I have mentioned cannot be discussed, they cannot be argued, they cannot be debated, they are articles of faith. I think George Wallace cut it very accurately at the time when, I don't know whether you know about it out here, but there was a tremendous blow up out through the Midwest when Wallace and I were on a CBS show and he completely blew his cool. He blew his cool so badly that then came 10 days before the Democratic Convention his radio speech in Birmingham where he gave 10 items what he would do if he were elected president of the United States and number seven was putting me behind bars for life. <laughs> but I would have hoped to have crossed the, the, the border by that time. But uh, Wallace at one point cut the issue when he said, well, I believe in democracy. I'm not pussyfooting around on it. <laughs> I'm, tell, uh, I'm saying to you that if you believe in democracy, Alinsky, the way you keep talking and what I've been reading about you, then you've got to admit that if I put school segregation on the ballot of Alabama and the majority of the people vote for it, that's a democratic decision. Now, this really cut the issue because from what I've just told you, there are certain values up on top that are not debatable, you can't argue them, and I repeat what I said before, they are articles of faith. My response, of course, to Wallace was, look, you just don't even begin to understand what this is all about in a free and open society. Equality is, a, is one of those values that you cannot discuss or debate, and you cannot put it on the ballot. And if the people of Alabama vote for segregation, if you put it on a ballot to begin with, that in itself would be enough as far as a free society is concerned to tell you to get lost. If you don't accept these top values, then get out of the system, go someplace else. And if the people of Alabama were to vote for it, then this would be a perversion, it would be making a, a horror out of the, out of the democratic process and it would not no longer be democratic. Now, these values and goals are of necessity and 
stated in general terms. What you don't have any more general terms than equality or justice. But any literate revolutionary knows that you cannot be more than general because all values are relative and are changing. And as and each decade is is so completely changing that it is impossible to predict. No one 15 years ago could have predicted a computerized cybernetic economy of today or the changes in political alignments or almost anything that happens. And therefore, all objectives must be stated in the most general terms. That's the reason why when you set up a whole constitution or a whole political framework, what does the preamble say that this is designed for? Quotes for the general welfare. It couldn't be any more specific than that. This gives you the flexibility of shifting as time shift on it. But there is a certain intrinsic business. You know that equality, no matter how time shift, means being equal, equal, equal. Somebody have mercy on me. Somebody have mercy on me right now. I begin to feel right now. Lord have mercy. I said I begin to feel all right now. I feel I can tell you about my baby right now. <laughs> I said I feel you in a mood for me to tell you about my baby right now. Sometimes me and my baby, we fuss and fight. And my baby leave home, cause things ain't right. <laughs> oh, but I get the feeling so all alone. And I call my baby on the telephone. I finally get somebody on the telephone. And I say, who is this? Somebody said, this is the operator. I say, I don't want you operator. I want my baby. Oh, operator. I want my baby. my baby on the telephone and children the minute I hear my baby say hello something start to move down inside and I say I got a message for you honey I want to tell you that darling you Listen to me, baby. 